into the word of the Lord this morning, the title being infinitely, infinitely more, infinitely more, I can say it. <laughs> I can do better than that, right? <laughs> before we do that, I was trying to say infinitely more, and also before, before we do that, I want to take a moment, we want to pray uh, specifically this morning for the students that are going back to school, I realize the college students have already gone back and some of the schools have already gone back a week ago. And depending on what state you're in, our daughter Megan teaches in Tampa, Florida. She's, this is going to be her third week already. So, But we want to go ahead and pray for just a school year. So if you're in here this morning, you're a, a teacher or you're an admin in one of the school districts around here, go ahead and stand up. We want to pray over you. If you're a student in here that's going back to school, you can stand as well. We want to pray over you this morning. The Bible has a lot to say about the grace of God and the wisdom of God, and Jesus has been made wisdom unto us, so we want to pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up every teacher, every person involved in admin in our schools. We lift up every student going back into the schools, whether private or homeschool or public schools, Lord, uh, the universities. We lift up each and every one that comes under the covering of Grace Church. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name for every child that as they're going in there, Lord, they're going in as children of the Most High God. They're going in as children that have the mind of Christ. And we decree over them, Lord God, that learning comes easy for them as they apply themselves, Lord God, as they walk in honor and respect to one another and as they walk in honor towards their teachers and those in positions of authority over, over them, Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you for every teacher. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' Jesus' name, for the grace of God, for the wisdom of God, for the mercy of God, for the strength of the Holy Spirit to reside within them as they purpose to do their jobs with excellence, to love on those children and also to be instructors to the children. We thank you, Lord God. You help them to walk that uh, delicate balance. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for favor on every teacher. We thank you on favor on every person in administration. We give praise you, Lord God. It's going to be a good academic year. And we also thank you, Lord God, for your ministering angels watching over every student over every teacher, over every classroom, over every school district represented here in Jesus' name, that your ministering angels are watching over, Lord God, that it's a safe, healthy learning environment to your glory and to your honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, amen. 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 All right. Expect and anticipate a great academic year in Jesus' name. Praise God. All right, I'm going to read a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. It's recorded beginning at verse 14. And it's, a, it's just a really, really powerful prayer. And it's so applicable in our lives even today. And it's just interesting because when you study the, the book of, of Ephesians, the letter to the church at Ephesus, it's six chapters and it's broken in half, meaning the first three chapters are really talking about our identity of who we are in Christ, all the privileges and benefits that we have received as a result of Jesus Christ having done his redemptive work at Calvary's cross. We're informed about our uh, being accepted in Christ, being adopted into the family 
family of God. It talks about our redemption in Christ, how we've been raised up, uh, we've been made alive together, we've been raised up together, we've been made to sit together in heavenly places with him. It gives us the promise of the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with promise of the Holy Spirit. It's an earnest, a down payment. The best is yet to come and the rest is yet to come. Uh, also, it uh, just uh, talking, talks also about our citizenship. And as a result of all that, uh, the Apostle Paul spelling all that out in, in, in significant detail, he gets towards the end of chapter 3 and he begins this prayer for spiritual maturity, for spiritual growth. And in, in verse 14, he, he begins like this. He says, when I think of all this, when I think of all this, what's he thinking of? All the things I just mentioned, adoption, acceptance, redemption, seal of the Holy Spirit, citizenship, grace, born again by grace. And, and so he's thinking about all the riches of our inheritance and just compels him to pray a prayer that even launches us even to a greater depth of the love of God and, and a relationship with God. So let's begin reading at verse 14. I want to encourage you to read along and to really think about this on a, not just a corporate level, but on a personal level. Think of it in, in both levels. It says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Just think about it. Empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. I love this next line, as all God's people should. <laughs> Hello, you should have known that. But anyway, I don't think that was his attitude. It just, I, I think it reads interesting there. As all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you... May you, personally, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God is able to do infinitely more than we might ask or think. And he's Paul's prayer that we have, a, that praying that we would have an understanding as all God's people should and that God is able through his mighty power and want you to recognize that his mighty power here is in reference to the power of God that's resident within you as a born again child of God, having been accepted, having been adopted, having been redeemed, having been made alive, having been raised up, having been made sit together with Christ as a result of all the benefits that are listed in the first several chapters, as a result of all this coming together and, and coming into an understanding of the love of God for us and in us as a result of that power within us, through that, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can even ask or imagine it. I'm given, to, I, I can spend lots of time reflecting and thinking about life and thinking about God and 
what God has done and what God is doing and what God's able to do. And it's just incredible when I, when I, within my imagination, when I, when I can take it out as far as I can imagine and then, then, come, then draw the conclusion that that's really out there, but God's able to do infinitely more than that. He's able to do more than that. And the good news is he's not interested in doing and showing himself off apart from you. His desire is to do it through you. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, he wants to do it through you. So God desires to do it through you. That infinitely more than you might ask or think. So my question for you this morning is, are you ready for God to accomplish infinitely more without limit? Without limit, are you ready for God to do his thing in and through you today? No matter where you are in life, you may be thinking, well, I'm in the valley, I'm in the struggle, or you may be thinking I'm halfway up the mountain, perhaps you're on top of the mountain, perhaps life is good, and that's wonderful, but no, it makes no difference where you are, God wants to do more. No complacency, no place to settle, he wants to do more. Are you ready for that? You need to convince me so I can keep going here this morning. Are you really ready for God to do more? You say, well, what, what's that mean? Well, for, well you, we read earlier in that prayer that God is a God of love, so obviously he's going to love on you, and through his love in you, he's going to do beyond what you can ask or think, what you can ask or imagine. So when you're ready for God to accomplish infinitely more, meaning without limits, God is able, God is more than able to do infinitely more, but he needs and he desires, I should say he desires your cooperation. Your cooperation. Now, in Luke chapter 5, there's a great gospel story of, of Jesus early on in his ministry. And he's preaching by the Sea of Galilee. And the, the great crowds are starting to gather around him. And uh, he sees two boats sitting on the shore. And so he gets in one of the boats, and it happens to be Simon's boat. Simon, who later was renamed Peter. So I refer to him as Simon or Peter. I'm talking to the same person, Simon Peter. And so he, he gets into Peter's boat, and, and, he, he, and he asks, I just did it. The Bible says it's Simon. At this point, he's still Simon. <laughs> so he gets into Simon's boat, and he, asks, and, and he teaches the multitudes from the boat. Now, technically, Jesus did not need the boat. Jesus could have walked on the water out to whatever position he wanted to walk on and taught the people from there. He is Jesus, right? And so he, he technically, he, he could have done that. But he chose to get into the boat, and he chose a particular boat, and it was uh, Simon's boat. And he said, now, uh, let, let me use this boat. And he's teaching the people, and when he, when he concludes his message, his lesson that he's teaching, he, he orders Simon to launch out into to where the water is deeper and to let down his nets to catch some fish. And then the story gets interesting because Simon replies in verse 5, he replied to him, he said, uh, uh, Master, we worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. We worked hard all night, we didn't catch anything, but God wants to do how much more? How much more? Infinitely more, without limits. He worked all night and didn't catch anything. Did you ever feel like you're working all day? You're working year after year, decade after decade. Just feel like you're not getting any traction, not getting anywhere. 
have good news for you today. Good news for you. He said, we didn't catch anything. The next line, make this a part of your communication with God. Because when God speaks to you very often, this would be the proper response. But if you say so, but if you say so, I will let the nets down again. And this time, the next verse says, and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. So full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and were sinking, and were sinking. Simon Peter replied to the command of Jesus to, to, to go out where the water's deeper. He said, we didn't, you know, we haven't been successful doing that, but if you say so, I will. And what happens after that, after he said, I will, what happens next, which was infinitely more than Peter could, than Simon Peter could ever have imagined, was not just a net-breaking, boat-sinking haul of fish. It was far more than that. Yes, having all these fish, having to call your partners to bring their boat, and, and the nets are breaking. Now, both boats are so full of fish that they're, that they're breaking. A little side note here. It's not in my message, but I'm going to put it in my message. He called for his partners at a time when God was now manifesting himself as infinitely more. Without limit, God is showing up. God is manifesting. And Peter was so overwhelmed, but, and he called for his partners and his partners came to help him, and their partner's boat also became so full and, 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 be, and was at the verge of sinking. And that's all wonderful. He said, oh, that's a whole lot of fish. You may not be thinking, well, gee, I'm not really into fish. I don't need all those fish. That really doesn't excite me that much. But it's more than the fish. The infinitely more, it's not just about the fish. It's what the transformation that takes place next. But before we get to the transformation, I want you to realize Peter called for his partner, so he already had partners. Do you have someone you can call on to handle your blessings? Do you have someone to call on to help with the abundance that God wants to bring into your life, that God wants to manifest himself to you in such an abundant way, without limits, infinitely more than you can ask or think? See, so we've been programmed to have prayer partners to pray, to call and, and to ask them to pray when we are in what? Need, when we are in trouble. We haven't much been taught about. You need to have partners to be ready to handle the abundance. Do you have, an, do you have partners that will help you steward the abundance? It's a, it's a transformation that needs to take place. And it's a transformation that takes place here in, in, in Simon's life in verse 8 and 10. It says, when Simon Peter realized that, he, that what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. So with the, uh, an attitude of repentance. And then verse 9 says, For he was awestruck by the number of fish and that they had caught as were the others with him. His partners, James and John and the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Partners in our life to share 
in those moments when we are all struck, in those part, and, and, and not only are am I all struck, but my partners are also. They're just amazed at, at the supernatural abundance that God has brought into my life. But it's more than the fish. Everyone say it's more than fish. It's more than material blessings. It's, it's beyond that. What, what's happening here? is that a transformation has taken place. All of a sudden, we have these very same people that were fishing all night, didn't catch anything. Most likely, they were discouraged and they were tired. But all of us now, within moments, within hours, it certainly was not a long period of time, now they are awestruck. Now they are amazed. Now they are repented. But the thing that's taking place here is God is working a transformation in their lives. Say Transformation. I want to be transformed. I want to be transformed by the, by the, the, the unlimitedness of God, the, the ability that God has to do infinitely more than I'm able to ask, that I'm able to imagine, that I'm even able to, 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 to comprehend. I want that transformation to take place in my life. I want it to take place in your life. So at that moment, at that moment when these people are, when Simon and his partners are, the, the transformation's taking place, they are amazed, they are awestruck. There's a transformation, a very significant transformation takes place. The second part of verse 10, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you'll be fishing for people. From now on you're going to be fishing for people. Here's where the transformation takes place. He rebrands. Jesus at this moment rebranded and relaunched Simon's life. Everyone say rebrand and relaunch. Are you ready for a rebrand and a relaunch in your life today? Are you ready for it? Rebrand and relaunch to bring you into that place where God can do infinitely more than you can even ask or imagine. Now, we have to fast forward. We don't have time to get into, the, in, into all the, 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 the details of it. But uh, as we fast forward it, this, this uh, rebranding and this relaunching Simon into his infinitely more than he was able to ask or to think, all of a sudden, we see as you continue to read through the gospel stories and you get into the book of Acts, we see that Peter, that Simon's name is changed to Peter and that also that Peter is the one that God has now chosen to be the spokesperson on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people were added to the church. He helped, Peter went on from there and he helped ignite a revival in Jerusalem that led to revival in Judea, that led to revival in Samaria, that led to revival to the ends of the earth. Like Peter, we need Jesus in our boat. We need Jesus in our lives. We need Jesus in our families. We need Jesus in our relationships. We need Jesus in our health. We need Jesus in our finances. We need him in our boat like Peter had, uh, Simon had no idea what was going to happen when Jesus asked him to launch out into the deep and to let down his net for a catch. But he did it. He did it. He said, I'll do it. If you say so, I'm going to do it. So those are, that's your key to coming into and experiencing that rebranding and that relaunching that God is desiring to do in you so that he can bring to a place that he can manifest himself as the one that's able to do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine, than you can ask or imagine. Do you want Jesus in your boat today? 
Do you want Jesus in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your health? You want him in there today? You want him to do beyond what you could ask or imagine? Then go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to go ahead and pray a prayer, a commitment for that to take place this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, name that is above every name, I thank you for every individual, for every household that is represented here today, not only here in the sanctuary, but those that are worshiping together and hearing this together uh, uh, online today, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for your abundant love. And as the Apostle Paul said, when, when I think of all this, all the blessings, the acceptance, the inheritance, the promise, the seal of the Holy Spirit within us, the establishment of being the rooted and grounded in, in your love, being in that position in, in, in Christ Jesus and, and, and knowing that you are desiring, that you are capable of and desires of doing infinitely more than we can ask or think. Father, I desire that transformation in my life. I pray for this church family, for that transformation to be, take place in, in all of our lives, Lord God, that there's no way that Simon could imagine being a spokesperson on the day of Pentecost and thousands of people come into the church and then just continue to be a spokesperson, uh, a, a one who is proclaiming the good news of God's grace and even was the one that you used to, for the breakthrough, for the uh, transition. Of, of taking the message of God's grace to the Gentile nations and how revivals just spurred out of that, Father, and, and even used him to write two of our New Testament uh, books that we have. So we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. As you did it for Simon Peter, you're doing it for us today. So we open up our hands right now. Just open up your hands to the Lord and say, Father, thank you for the transformation, for a rebranding, and a relaunching of my life today. I am a candidate for you to do infinitely more than I can ask or that I can think. But I'm saying, if you say so, have your way, Lord. Have your way. I am yours. Work in me. Work through me without limit. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, well, praise God. You may be seated for a few more minutes. I want to invite Nathan and Jay and Alina Zimmerman to come out. And I'm going to turn the service over to them, and another hour or two will be done. All right. <clears throat> Sit back and relax, everybody. Well, what a great, great word there from Pastor A. We're, we're, we feel like this conversation that we're about to have was, was a great segue and would be valuable and interesting for you all to hear. Uh, and we'll get there in a minute, but first I just want to welcome Jay and Alina Zimmerman, one of our very own here at Grace Church. You can go ahead and introduce yourselves. Can you tell me, guys, how long you've been married? Uh, four and a half years, coming up on five here. Cool, cool, cool. And how many, you have kids, right? Yeah, so as you see, one in the oven and then <laughs> two back in the kids' room. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so we're glad that you're here. And can you tell us how you met? We met in college, and at that time, Jay was a heathen, 
<laughs> and a few years that's, later, that's for his own words. He says, <laughs> yeah. those, he those are my words. I told words. her, yeah, I was, I was definitely a big heathen. A few years later, he he came to know Christ, and then God both God revealed to both of us that we are to be together, and we pursued marriage through courtship. Yeah, it's 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 quite a very long story usually, and when you talk about uh, you know, like one or two hours, that would be that would be like an hour and a half of it if we shared that yeah. test. But so you don't want to do we'll, that right now. We'll we'll, we'll spare that. <laughs> we'll spare that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Um, and we'd love to know too, you know, because lots of people end up here at Grace Church for different reasons or to have a different story. How did you guys end up here? We were in, in transition between churches, and at that time, I Googled non-denominational church in Brooks County, and I found your website. And we came, we, we just had our second baby, and so we watched for about a month or two. And nothing seemed wrong with the message, so we decided to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it was definitely uh, we we were we were at a point after kids we realized it was it was again time for a change and and yeah we were looking for a place for to settle our family and and you know we saw you guys had you know look look not look good and we started tuning in quietly on on Facebook I'm I'm sure there's some of you out there who are doing the same who you know okay what are they like what are they preaching what are they doing you know and and. Uh, then soon after that, once once Gabriel was uh, a little older, we started coming in person, and you guys made us feel extremely welcome, um, extremely loved, and and we knew we found our new home. Yeah, well, that's that's very cool to hear. Yeah, give a round of applause for that. Praise God. <clears throat> yeah. So, and then you know, uh, if you're aware, a few months ago, uh, Grace Church made a a ten thousand dollar contribution to Rick Renner Ministries, and. Um, the heart behind that was that Rick Renner Ministries is very involved, and that, in fact, stationed one of their main churches is in Moscow, Russia. And so our heart behind that was understanding the crisis that was going on with the war between Russia and Ukraine, and honestly, the whole Slavic region. So a lot of those different countries are being affected by it. We knew that Rick Renner Ministries was deeply involved and had roots in that area, not only just in Russia, but also they had a whole ministerial network and they had lots of pastors in Ukraine. And so... We made that contribution and we were excited to see what God was gonna do with that. And then, you know, what we found out was that Alina herself has Ukrainian heritage. And so that was so cool for us to hear. And so we ended up having a conversation and what we'd, we'd love for you to know, to, the congregation would love to know, I know, would just be to hear about your heritage. Like what, what is your story? So I was born in Ukraine on the east side, the Nyetsk, Slavansk area where it's being attacked right now. Um, I, it was 90, 92 or 93, my grandfather had a strong conviction that there will be war again here in Ukraine and I have to get my family out. And so little by little, our family started to come here and so my family came in 1994 and we were actually sponsored by the Mennonite community in Lancaster and I think most of the Russian or the Slavic community was and we settled here, had families, started businesses, churches. So there's a huge, like in Lancaster, a huge Slavic community. And that's who we came. Wow, yeah, so, and just thinking about that now, and like, um, and we know when, we, when you hear about everything going on with, in Ukraine, it feels like so distant. And it's incredible to hear about like, you know, you came, you were born in Ukraine. Yeah. And came here. So, I mean, and then I guess, 
how has the war, all the, the conflict that's going on there, how, how has that affected you personally? For me personally, I didn't think I would be affected because I grew up in America. I was born there, I came here, grew up here, but um, I guess the national blood does still speak. And so um, I was, for a month or two, I was really deep into the details of war, all the following all the social accounts and the news and stuff like that. And it wasn't doing any of me good. I had fear and nightmares and just a very dark time just because I started to imagine th those kind of war crimes happening to our kids, my family, my husband, myself. And um, so I had to, myself had to cut myself off from all the, all the negativity and um, just I've been updating myself here and there and I know the same story applies to many other people. Um, my friends, my family, after a while, of a very depressing time, people, you know, people would be stressed out because there's still family out there, they're still connected and still communicating with people in Ukraine. But after a while, um, everybody started to realize that we have to let this go because mourning over it is not helping anyone here or there. So, sorry. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, people started to now focus more on how to help how to, there's an organization that was started up in a, in a big church in Lancaster. Um, they um, raise funds to help people in Ukraine. Now they're helping people that are migrating over here. And my family as well has started to um, open their doors to some of my distant cousins. So my whole immediate family's here, but we still have distant cousins that are still coming as refugees, they're escaping the war. And um, they, um, are hosting them in their own houses, providing them up with apartments, helping them with like paperwork, stuff like that. And a lot of the families in the Lancaster come in the Lancaster County are doing the same thing with their own families. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible to hear that. Like, I mean, I know like this is so deeply personal for you. It's like it is your heritage. It's your family, right? And to know that like even for you, like just trying to like download as much information as possible from the internet about like what's happening there wasn't, it still wasn't helpful. Even though it's like, this is like very deeply important. And I think this is like this cycle that we get into where we feel like we have to know all the information. And what you're saying is that it, at some point it flipped for you between before, like instead of needing to know all the details, it was like, it switched to what can I do? I'd say, to add on to that, it's like we, we see a lot of division in our country around politics on things, and um, that that wasn't unique to us. They're, they're you know, again, it's a, it's a whole Slavic community. I know friends and family who are, you know, a Ukrainian married a Russian or Belarusian and, um, you know, all those different Slavic countries now, and, and there's even political divide here, and it, it makes it hard because, you know, you've got families... Um, torn beside between, you know, do we support this country? Do we support that country? And, and friends have been lost and, and, um, threats too in America. Yeah. And, and so it's definitely been interesting, but I think the point you hit on is enough people realized, you know, we need to disconnect. We need to, you know, think on things as Philippians says, uh, think on things that are pure, that are peaceable, that are of a good report and sound mind and, and recognizing that the, the stuff that we've been getting into is, is, is not helping anything, but actually figuring out, okay, how can we help these people? How can we get involved? How can we um, 
you know, I think like, like people who helped you, you and your family come over, do the same for them. Yeah, so specifically, so if we were going to get into that, what, what do those connections that you have look like in, this, in the local area? Um, so outside of family? Yeah, or church, yeah. Church-related. There, um, so there is a, a church called Bethany Slavic Church in Lancaster, Ephrata area. And like I said, they are the ones who are, um, they organize this fund. It's called the Ukrainian Refuge Fund. And monetary donations, physical items, they receive and they send it, all of it, 100% goes to Ukraine, to different organizations and churches along the border of Poland, Romania. And um, they provide also transportation for volunteers to go into Ukraine, into the war hot zones to help provide aid to those who are still stuck in those cities. And they also, um, they provide with, I'm sorry, they provide with, uh, they're currently now um, focusing now more on helping those who are coming here, refugees. They're gonna have a dinner soon in September here, 16th, where you'll be able to experience Ukrainian food as well and like testimonies of the refugees who have arrived. And they do, they have been doing all sorts of different donations, um, drives dessert and clothing and things like that to help raise the funds. And they um, also are able to sponsor little care packages to send over. And they, they do a lot of things. They have like yeah. a whole website. Sounds like of, a lot, yeah. Yeah, they're involved a lot. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think, and so there's also, you mentioned there's also like, not, not necessarily not disconnected from that, but in general that in this, in the area, there are lots of different Ukrainian or Slavic families that have fled the conflict that are in this area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's over 100 people so far. And um, we have a few handful of my cousins. And the, like the many, many of the families and the Ukrainian families here who you know, were the ones at one point refugees are now currently helping the same thing. That's cool. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's, there's so much you said there, Jay, too, about like not picking a side. You know what I mean? I think that's that's so helpful, and it's, it's just a great reminder that, like, what we're called to do is to help people. You know, we're called to love people, and I think that we can get inundated with the politics of it, and it's just not... And then in the end, nobody nobody gets helped. Yeah, I right? think that's a big thing, and, and one of the reasons why we still, and, like, we stayed connected with, you know, Bethany Slavic and, and the church and the uh, ministry that, that's going on there and why we recommend it is because it is a mixed community there. Again, it's, it's Slavic community. You do have Russians, you do have Ukrainians, you do have, you know, Polish, Romanian, all these different cultures, but there isn't politics attached to this. There isn't, you know, we're only helping Ukrainians or we're only help. no, we're helping, we are being the body of Christ providing to those who are in need. I mean, in some instances, it's not just, you know, Ukrainians or whoever that are being affected by this. People are losing everything. Their houses, you know, are completely being bombed and gone, or they have to leave because, you know, bombing is happening in their city and they're leaving everything, going to a foreign country like Poland or something and hoping to get over to the border just so that then they can fly here. And so imagine, you know, trying to shove your life in a suitcase. And, and coming here and what, what all you'd take, what all you'd figure out. And so I think, you know, there are, um, you know, there are refugees who are, who have been here and been here a couple months. I know some of your cousins that were, were with some of the first over that were able to come and, you know, they've been able to get situated, you know, kind of start figuring out like housing and, 
and jobs and things like that and clothes and but it's it's even simple things that you know hey it was summer so they had summer clothes but now it's winter and like now the recognition's oh crap we need we need winter clothes and um, you know for some of them as the families are expanding the need for say vehicles or just as they're recognizing here and they're trying to again establish a new life here get to and from the the jobs that they've gotten you know that that's that's something that's there as well and um, you know, we also have, I think, in a week here. Uh, another family coming. Yeah, another family, family another set of people coming over, another who are fleeing this, and they'll be starting from, from nothing again. Yeah, that's wild. So there's a, there's a ton of opportunity is what I'm hearing. Um, and so what we're excited to do is, you know, going off of what Pastor Ray said about, you know, Jesus is in your boat. We need him in our boat, Right. And we want to we want to envision what can God do with me. We want to envision that, right? And I, we're just we're, re, we're reaching out to you, to the congregation, to those watching online, and to those here in the building that, you know, this is an incredible opportunity for you to be used by God to to help people, uh, to be the church, to be to, uh, an ambassador of the, of the gospel of what of the essence of what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> Um, and so today, what we're excited to say is that uh, any dollars that are given to our missions fund today, we're going to go directly to Bethany Slavic Church and specifically their Ukraine Refuge Fund, which is going to, like you said, Alina, is going to go directly to, I mean, I'm not saying anything about other organizations that are involved with relief in Ukraine, that that's not, that that's not maybe it goes somewhere else, we don't really know what it's going, but we have a, a lot of, we have a supreme confidence and what's happening through this uh, Ukraine Refuge Fund, that those dollars are going directly to help people that are in, in much need of it. And so any dollars that are given to our missions fund today are gonna go directly to that fund. And then we also encourage you, and we're gonna be in communication with Alina and Jay as a church, just as far as like following up on some of these different opportunities, these local opportunities, people that came all the way from Eastern Europe and are now living in this area and are in need of help um, we're not exactly sure how that might play out, but we're going to follow through with it, right? And so if you are interested, maybe you have something, maybe you have time, maybe you have a, a certain resource, maybe you have extra transportation or you have a job at your work that's open or something like that, um, we would love to know. And we'd love to know if you're willing to, to give of that to help people. And so uh, you can go to our website at migratechurch.com, go to the outreach and missions page, page, and there's a form there for you to fill out if you're interested in helping with local outreach uh, for the Slava community. Um, and then, like I said, any dollars that are given to our missions fund today are going to go directly to Bethany Slavic Church. And we're excited to see, and we're going to you know, report back on this. You'll be able to hear about what, what the impact that this is making. And so we encourage you, and we're thankful for your generosity in that regard. All right? Yeah, I'd say not, nothing's too small. Again, you know, there, there's families with babies. If you've got baby clothes laying up in the attic, stuff like that. And literally anything extra, if it's taking up space, if you want a clean, clean house type deal, that, that's, that uh, these people are coming with nothing, they, you know. And, and so anything helps. And I, I think, you know, what, whatever you feel compelled, however, um, you know, God's leading you to give, please, please do. Amen. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity to be ambassadors of the gospel, to, to be like Christ, to give freely. Lord, we thank you and we pray for all the, 
the families that are in this area, the individuals even, Lord, that they would be, they, they would sense uh, the love of God upon their heart. Lord, that you would write it upon their hearts, the knowledge of who you are. Lord, that you'd give us the opportunity to make an impact for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. Uh, we thank you for all the resources and, and, and the wealth that you have given us, Lord. And I pray that you would, you would speak to each of us individually, that you'd show us how we can be a part of your plan. Lord, that when we invite you into our boat, that we can expect infinitely more than we can ever ask or think. And so that, God, I pray that you just expand our imagination infinitely more so that we could see what you can do in our lives and the impact that we can make for the sake of the gospel in your kingdom, Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you all, Grace Church. Thanks for being with us this morning. We invite you to hang out in the lobby. There's coffee and refreshments out there. Have a blessed rest of your Sunday. And again, any dollars given to our missions fund this morning will go directly to Bethany Slavic Church and their Ukraine Refuge Fund. Amen. See you.